Hey friends, welcome back to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am the Preacher Chick, Pastor Stacy, and it's been a hot minute since I've had an episode. Um, the last month has just been a little bit crazy, and things have happened that, well, let's just say I forgot. Anyway, but we're back this week with an episode that I'm really excited about. Last year on Pentecost Sunday, my dad, who is the associate pastor at our church, and I didn't really preach a Pentecost sermon. Instead, we discussed Pentecost, we discussed the Holy Spirit, and we had people from our church send us questions that they had about the Holy Spirit, and we answered them. And I thought since we are approaching Pentecost in just a couple of weeks, that I would share that message here. Now, you may have listened to this if you were a part of our congregation last year, um, but maybe you didn't. And I think it's worth listening to even again. So I hope you enjoy it. Again, this is me and my dad, Pastor Byron, having a this conversation about Pentecost. Enjoy. Well, I think, Pastor Byron, one of the best places we can start is with um, a question we received, which was really more of sharing an experience with a little bit, I think, looking for affirmation and confirmation. So we received an email from a person who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, prays in tongues regularly. Um, but one of the things that, that they are experiencing, and they um, said that they can match it up with Scripture. And that's the most important thing. Yes. If you can match it up with Scripture, then it doesn't matter how weird it might seem. <laughs> if it is scriptural, you're good to go. But she says she has dreams, dreams that she can back up and support with Scripture, but she said there were dreams that make her feel like she can understand John because John had visions and dreams of things that he had never seen and had and didn't know, but he knew that it was from God and that it was real. So is that something that's strange or weird, Pastor Byron? No. We are told in Joel chapter 2 that uh, in verse 28, then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit on upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And so uh, I believe that God speaks to people through dreams uh, because I believe God speaks to us in ways that are unique to each one of us individually. Um, and dreams are part of it. Now, I know it says old men, but I don't think that that's uh, exclusive. Right. I believe that it is speaking in terms of the Spirit is being poured out upon everyone. Yeah. And this is how God will share um, what he has to say to people is dreams. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Daniel in the Old Testament, yep. um, Joseph in the Old Testament had dreams. Um, and Daniel uh, even told the king uh, that, hey, God has given you this dream yeah. to show you as to what is to come. Mm -hmm. And it allowed Daniel to share who God is and 
what the king was seeing, and the king didn't even tell Daniel the dream. Daniel told the king what the dream was, and um, so yeah, dreams are a way that God can speak to us. I've never been a big one on dreams, but I'm not saying that God doesn't right. do that, because God does speak to people in ways that are unique and for each of us as individuals. And I just want to tell the person who sent that, you need to share those dreams. I'm really curious what those <laughs> dreams are. Um, so along then with that, we know that, so dreams is one way that the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit, God can give us dreams. Um, what are other gifts of the Spirit? And are gifts of the Spirit different from fruits of the Spirit? Yes. Fruits of the Spirit are characteristic traits that we should all seek to put on display. <laughs> yeah. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Those are characteristic traits that should be on display in every child of God. And if they're not, yeah, you need to step back and look at your relationship. Because those are things that God wants to be on display to make our Christian walk inviting. Right. Gifts of the Spirit are tongues, interpretation, prophecy, um, wisdom, knowledge. Those are gifts that God uses and demonstrates through believers as needed. Right, right. And they are for all of us. Mm -hmm. They are not exclusive to one or two or three individuals in the church or evangelists or whatever. God would like to use all of us in those gifts scary sometimes but you know <laughs> he does and i think the thing to remember is while you may be stronger in one gift than another the desire should be for all of the gifts of the spirit to be evident in your life yep. you know you maybe your maybe your gift is a gift of is uh, the gift of faith or maybe your gift is the gift of speaking in tongues like for corporate settings not just your prayer language but in corporate settings and then maybe your gift is the interpretation of tongues in a corporate setting. But the desire in our hearts should be that we want all that the Holy Spirit brings. Um, and and we, we desire to be used by him in every way. Right? I, one of the things that being an older person I get asked quite often is, why don't we see these things happen in the church? Mm. And... Nobody is yet to really be happy with my answer and because my answer is because you haven't been willing to step up. Um, that hurts, but that's true. <laughs> because he wants to use us all yeah. in, the, in the work of the church because as we are used in the church, we uplift the church. Right. The church is edified, to use the King James word. Uh, the, the church is encouraged. Um, don't wait for the next person to step up. If you feel there needs to be a message in tongues and interpretation, give it. Give it. And don't assume or don't expect it to always be from the platform. No, not at all. Actually, I kind of hope it, it's not most of the time, you know, that it's from, from the congregation. I, um, I can remember the first time I gave an interpretation um, scary as all get out <laughs> on two levels uh, because there was a message in tongues which surprised me 
uh, because it was a small, tiny congregation. But I stepped back from the pulpit thinking, okay, my dad will step up and give the interpretation. And I got this nudging by the Holy Spirit that says, your dad is not here, speak. <laughs> and I remembered that, that my dad didn't come with me that weekend. So here I am, a 22-year-old kid, a 21-year-old kid, pastoring a little country church. And I gave the interpretation. And as we said, those things will always be able to be backed up by Scripture. And after church, I'm going out to get in the car to get ready to go to lunch on the little parking lot. And this old farmer comes up and says, Pastor Byron, I have a problem with your interpretation. It wasn't from God. And I said, excuse me? And he, I said, how do you figure? And he said, because you didn't say thus and you didn't say thee, you didn't say thou. And I said, and I really, at the point, I didn't know what to say. So probably what I said was, I come off a little rude, but I said, because I don't speak that but way. That's true. And years later, that was, a, that was confirmed by somebody saying that when you hear those messages and the interpretation is from that, it's probably somebody that reads King James only. And that's not to say that's wrong. Right. Please understand, I'm not saying it's wrong. But God uses us. Mm -hmm. And as long as what is, is said is confirmed by Scripture, you're good. You know, you, you might be able to say, I'm good. Um, he uses our personality. He, he knows us. Yeah. He knows us very well. And um, but that always surprised me whenever I gave my first interpretation. Um, I was scared. <laughs> and to use a Dr. George Wood uh, phrase, I was scared spitless <laughs> because I had never done that before. And so, but God uses us. And church, if you want to see the gifts in operation, step up yeah. and say, here I am, Lord, use me. And then be ready. That's right. And now you shared the first time that you gave, a that you gave the interpretation, but why don't you share your experience about the first time that you experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit? It was uneventful. I hate to say it that way uh, because I grew up old-time Pentecost. And um, I had seen people have, and this is the wrong word, but fits at the altar. Man, they would just shake. They would shout. They would... Uh, their hands were flailing, and uh, it's a big thunder boomer. I just, <laughs> there's no way to cover that on there, so we'll just acknowledge that it's storming right now. <laughs> uh, but so you're saying me, it wasn't like that? It was not that. <laughs> it was a very um, quiet. Uh, I was actually somewhat disappointed um, when it happened because it, the pastor, Brother Hetty, laid hands on me whenever he asked what I was at the altar for. And I began to pray, and um, he laid hands on me and prayed with me, told the Lord to fill me. And very quietly, after a few minutes, I began to pray in tongues. And I will tell you this, that when that happens, nobody has to tell you, you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. You will know, and people around you will know. Um, several 
couple of years later, I guess, I was praying with a friend at the altar, and he got overpowered. His shoes went flying off. <laughs> he was red-faced, and, and I thought, wow, way to go, Mike. Um, <laughs> he got that. I didn't. Um, but he had been seeking several services to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mine was uneventful. It was a very quiet, very low-key service, actually, as I remember it. Um, I was 15, I think. And um, so, you know, the that's my experience. Uneventful, but powerful. I will tell you. I was, Did you say how old you were? I was 15, I think, whenever I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was powerful. Um, changed me. And because it wasn't long after that that I really felt the tug to go into ministry, and then I was disturbed. <laughs> um, well, mine, and I've shared this story before, so some of you, most of you have probably heard it, but in the case that maybe there's somebody watching that hasn't, um, I was 13 or 14 years old at junior high camp, so probably 13 years old at junior high camp, and uh, I had been seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit for a few months, um, and it was Monday night. Um, and it's, that's not necessarily important, but it's important because at camp, Monday night's not Holy Spirit night. <laughs> Wednesday night was always Holy Spirit night. Um, but Monday night, and Reggie Dabbs, for those of you who have been around for a while, that name is going to be pretty cool to you. <laughs> Reggie Dabbs was the camp speaker. And he hadn't even spoken yet. It was in the middle of worship. I remember just lifting my hands and singing to the Lord. I couldn't tell you what song we were singing, but I remember singing... And all of a sudden, I was no longer singing the lyrics to the song. I, it was just syllables. It was just, that's the only thing I can think of to describe it, was syllables. But, but within me, I knew what was happening. And I remember telling Reggie after service that I had been filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was like, girl, it's not Wednesday. Um, but God knew what he was doing because the next morning, I woke up with my first ever migraine that was bad enough that my mom had to come pick me up from camp. That was Tuesday afternoon by the time she got there, got left work and got there to get me. And um, my mom and dad took me back on Wednesday night. But I remember we walked into the auditorium at almost the tail end of Reggie's message. And I, so I, I missed that whole thing. And God saw, God saw that. Now, could he have changed it and, and made it where I wouldn't have had the migraine? Sure. But this, I think, was a way for me to know that he, he sees me and he knows me. So if, if we're saying that these are our experiences, Pastor Byron, then obviously we believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is still available for God's people today. It wasn't just a one-off no. thing that happened on the day of Pentecost in the upper room with the 120. No, it is for, it's like salvation. It's for whosoever. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, he will fill you. Um, John 7, 37, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not been give, yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. It is for 
whosoever, anyone, as the New Living says here, anyone who is thirsty. So it is for you today. And we need you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you know, now we both kind of said it in our, when we shared our experience, but how do you know if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit? You will speak in tongues. That's right. You will speak in tongues. Theologically, we call that the initial physical evidence. <laughs> yes. And uh, Why do we call it that and why do we believe that that is? In the, Scripture, the yes. in Scripture, whenever you read that people were filled with the Holy Spirit, it says, and yes. they spoke in tongues. And uh, on the day of Pentecost, there was no doubt about that the Holy Spirit had come because people began to hear the 120 in the upper room speak in unknown languages. And some people recognized their language, which is very interesting. But as you continue to read in Acts, um, it doesn't necessarily say that it was a known language. It just says they spoke in other tongues. Right. But we do believe that it could be. It could be. It, it may not be. Actually, I, very few people that I know who pray in tongues or speak in tongues have ever told me that, that it was a, a known language. But I have heard, I have heard testimony. Yes. I have heard stories. My, one of my favorite is, Dad, you mentioned Dr. Wood. Um, but one of my favorite stories is from Dr. Wood's book, Living in the Spirit. Dr. Wood was our last uh, general superintendent, and he... Um, was a missionary kid. And I'm almost positive, I could have it a little backwards, I'm almost positive he shared the story and that it was about his father, but it could have been about his uncle. So if you go back and read Living in the Spirit and I got it mixed up, there's my, my uh, caveat. It may be his uncle. But he tells a story about how they had been serving on the mission field and needed to come back to the States, but they were really reluctant to come back on furlough, or what we call now itineration. Um, because their their church that they were starting, where they were ministering, was it was budding, it was thriving, it was flourishing, and they really hated leaving behind the the people. Um, and when he came back, I think they were in California, and the pastor of the church where they where his dad was speaking, pretty sure it was his dad, um, was giving him a tour of the building. And as they were, they walked past a room that was filled with women who were praying, and he heard one of the women praying in tongues. But she was praying in the native language of the place where they ministered, and she was calling out by name the people that he left behind of the congregation. That's powerful to me, and, and, and just an, another reminder that part of, of who the Holy Spirit is and the role that he plays is intercessor, and that he intercedes on our behalf, but he also comes in and reminds us that he, is, he sees us, he knows us, He's not unaware of our concerns, um, and he brings in those gentle reminders like that. Um, moving on, sometimes, and I've been asked this a few times, you've probably been asked this before, um, what would you say to somebody who says, I've been praying for months, years, and I haven't received, but so-and-so got it the first time they prayed? What, what would you say? Don't give up. Um... There is an old term that we used in, in Old Pentecost. Um, it's kind of been forgotten other than if you read the King James Bible. Uh, but Terry, Terry at the altar. Um, we did Saturday night service. We did Sunday morning, Sunday night. 
and Wednesday night as a little kid. Um, but especially Saturday night and Sunday night were times when um, you could just slow down and people would tarry at the altar to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, no rush, and people would pray with them around the altar as kind of like what you experience at camp, where there is no hurry, um, and but we we live in a different time. But stay in a in a hungry, thirsty attitude of I need more of Jesus. And as we because that's that's what is supposed to happen. As you hunger and thirst after more of Jesus Christ, He is going to fill you. You're not seeking the tongues. You're not seeking um, that aspect of it. You are wanting more of the Lord. And the hungry, the hungrier you are, the thirsty you are for more of Jesus, he is going to honor that. Don't get discouraged. Stay focused. Stay hungry for more of the mm -hmm. Lord, and he will acknowledge that and fill you. Yeah. Um, Rick DeBose is our general assistant superintendent now, and I heard him say this about the Holy Spirit and about this topic, about um, why does it take so long, or why, you know, how come they got it fast and I've had to seek forever, um, so to speak, and he said this, with God, some things are instant and some things are a process. And the things that come in process are often valued higher than those that come in an instant. And so God sees the big picture. He knows the beginning and he knows the end and he knows everything in between. And maybe just maybe in his infinite wisdom, he knows that if he gave it to you the moment you asked for it, maybe you might take it for granted. Um, and I'm saying you in a general tone here, but I know for me, um, that may have been a possible thing at my age when I was seeking, um, initially started seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It, that may have been the case that I needed, I needed to, I needed it to be a process where I know other people who, man, it just happened. And, and I think God just knows each of us. And I think that's proof in the gentlemanly side of the Holy Spirit and of God that, um, you know, he comes when we're really ready. He is not going to impose himself right. on you. You are not going to be filled with the Holy Spirit if you're not seeking, if you're not open and receptive. It just doesn't work that way. And you already said, we're not seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. We're seeking to have all that we can of the Lord, to have the closest relationship we have from him. And truly, if it's a process for you, um, there's no wasted time. There is none. You, it, you know, so maybe maybe it's taking a while, but you're growing in your maturity and in your understanding of the Lord. Um, I think I want to, Pastor Brian, I think I, uh, do you have something else? Because I think, well, here, you've already kind of said it, but don't overthink it. Just no, plan to participate. Be open and willing mm -hmm. and receptive. Yeah. Um, and it will happen. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to have to tell you when right. it happens. You As know. you are seeking the Holy Spirit, um, people get to the point of stammering lips and they panic and they shut down. Press through. Right. Uh, press through. Um, 
It, it's not going to be, you're not going to speak probably French or Spanish. <laughs> it's going to sound like gibberish. Maybe It's going to sound like, as Pastor Stacy said, syllables. Mm -hmm. But as you grow, as you are open and receptive to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you, your vocabulary, if you will, is going to expand. It's going to go beyond what your initial uh, speaking in tongues was. It's going to expand. There is a difference between that infilling and that initial physical evidence of tongues. There is also the gifts that we'll discuss here in a little bit. Uh, the gifts of the Spirit, where there is tongues and interpretation, right. um, that's different. That's as you are open and receptive, God is going to use you in those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, um, and we talked a little bit about with the tongues and interpretation, there's elements of, have, of, of being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. You may speak in tongues as your prayer language, yep. um, and maybe that's your primary gifting is that you spend a lot of your prayer time and that's great. <laughs> um, we believe in the power of that, of, of praying in tongues, interceding, allowing the Holy Spirit to intercede through you. Um, and maybe your, your gift of the Holy Spirit isn't just praying in tongues, but you have the gift of speaking messages in tongues for the church, for the congregation. And then alongside of that, you should absolutely pray that God gives you the interpretation, but it's also possible that maybe there is someone else in the room who has that gift of, of interpreting tongues and um, use those gifts. Use yes. those gifts for the building up and the encouragement of the church. I think the most important thing that I feel like needs to be said is in those settings, um, even scripturally when you read them, corporate messages in tongues, even if there's a corrective message, kind of like a disciplinarian message to it, it is not done in a harsh tone. It is done no. in love, and it is done in encouragement as the as the underlying um, theme. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is not going to use a bully pulpit, if you yeah. will. Um, it, those things are for the edification of the body. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and if it's for an individual, that individual is going to know it's for them. Right. But it is still, the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman in that aspect right. of it. And God is a God of order. So there's, while it may seem, I don't want to say, while it may seem kind of sudden, um, it's, it has its place. Yes. It's not disruptive. It, he's never, um, he's not disruptive. He is, he, he flows and he moves at just the right place at just the right time. There's an order. Yeah. And so you can trust that if you have that nudging within you, you have that nudging within you that you feel like you're going to burst if you don't speak something. And at just that point, the worship team begins to fade or, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a let's just call it a lull necessary, you know, kind of in the service order. Um, and that's your time. You know, there's God, God is a God of order. And also, can I just encourage you that um, if you're concerned about this, if maybe it's been a little bit because your your personality is the kind that likes to be in control. And so you've resisted um, seeking the Holy Spirit because you don't want to be out of control. Let me squelch that right now. You are always in control of you. The Holy Spirit comes in and moves through you with your personality 
and there's not some puppet master behind you moving your mouth or wagging your tongue. Um, that's just not how it no. is. You can stop it and start it, um, but the gift is there so that you can be um, equipped and, as Scripture says, endued with power from on high to do the work of the Lord. We need you. You need you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, one of my favorite things I can remember is on the Pentecostal Evangel, underneath the, the words Pentecostal Evangel is Zechariah 4 and 6, uh, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Uh, the church is more than effective. The church is equipped to do the work of the Lord as people are endued with power, um, as they're equipped by the Holy Spirit to do the work. Um, I, I can't express that enough. Can't express that enough. Uh, it is by my spirit. All of our programs, all of the things and hopes and dreams that we have come to naught if they're not equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Um, one other thing that um, I, that one of our national leaders said, Donna Barrett, she's our, uh, our general secretary, and she said this, the job of the Holy Spirit is to spotlight the person of Jesus Christ who honors the Heavenly Father. So there is nothing to be afraid of when it comes to, to being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing to shy away from because what his role is to empower you to shine a light on Jesus and to empower you to bring glory and honor to him. It is all about Jesus. All, everything he does is to point people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's that's the work of the Holy Spirit. In your life, it is to help you, the Holy Spirit is to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, to draw closer to him, to be used by him in the kingdom. Yeah. That's what it's all about, is to be used by the Lord in the kingdom. And anything he asks us to do, the Holy Spirit equips us to do it. Amen. We don't have to do it by ourselves. Amen. So let me encourage you. If um, you're, if you've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, seek a refreshing. Amen. Seek a seek a new, fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Spend some time today praying in the Spirit. And for those of you who maybe you haven't received it for whatever reason that may be, maybe you've just not really thought about it. Maybe it's been something you're afraid of, um, or maybe you've been seeking and you just haven't received yet. Let me encourage you to keep seeking, start seeking. Even today, you can turn on some worship music and kind of just let yourself go. Relax in the presence of the Lord and, and pour out your heart, pour out your desire. Get hungry and desperate for all God has for you to walk in the fullness of the power of Jesus Christ within you. Pastor Ryan, would you pray us out? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is to be open and receptive. We need to be hungry and we need to thirst. You withhold no good thing from your children. And Father, I pray that for us to be the church that you want us to be, equip us and empower us 
to do the work by the Holy Spirit, that we can't do it by ourselves. We're limited. But with the Holy Spirit, we're empowered to do the work. I pray, Lord, that if there are those out there that are hearing this, uh, watching this, that if they have questions or concerns or need more information, impress on them to call us, to message us, whatever it is. And, Father, we will walk through this with them and encourage them. Be with us, O God, as we seek your will, your guidance, your direction. Lead us by the Holy Spirit into greater heights and deeper depths. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode. I hope it challenged you and encouraged you. And if you have any questions that you've thought of about the Holy Spirit after listening, would love to, to take those questions and try to answer them for you. You can connect with me in multiple ways, but one of them is in a link in the show notes below. It would mean the world to me if you would share this episode with Um, your friends and family on social media. If you haven't subscribed, please do and take a moment to review the podcast. Um, I hope that you guys have a great week and keep listening for more from The Preacher Chicken.